going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7, and I want to read to you just a few verses, scripture that I really do love. I suppose it's because of my own feelings and heart and attitude towards my sons, my, my physical sons, my grandchildren, and to my spiritual sons and daughters. I know how I feel about them, that I would do just about anything on earth to help them, to bless them, to be uh, just available to them, to see them succeed and be their very best for God. And so when I read this, this scripture with that in mind, it, it just overwhelms me almost. Uh, so I want to ask you just to read with me Matthew chapter 7. I love this, this scripture really. And we pick up in verse 7 of Matthew chapter 7. Uh, Jesus says this, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, and this is the part I want to share on this morning and over a, a few sessions, if you, which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? I mean, just think of that. Would any of us do that? Your son says, will you give me some bread? And I deceive him by giving him a stone. Or he asks for some fish and I give him a snake, turns around and bites him. If you then, though you are evil, if you then, though you are evil, compared to God, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? And he says in Luke chapter 4, I think it is, Luke chapter 11, Verses 9 to 13, instead of the good gifts, it says, How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So I want to talk to you for the next few sessions about our how much more heavenly Father. How much more? If you then being evil, you Dudley, compared to me, God, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, if you'd pay any price, you'd do anything for them, if you'd be available to make to see them succeed, just pay any price. If you would do that, you are nothing like me. How much more shall your heavenly Father give good gifts to them who ask? Now, while meditating on this recently over the last few weeks and maybe a month or two, I've been thinking about what are all the good gifts that God has given us? There are too many to enumerate. But I just began to write down a few, and I'm hoping I can share over the next little while with you about 35 good gifts that God gives to us who ask. Those of us who are his children, his kids, the how much more heavenly father that he provides for, makes available for to us. I want to share some of those with you. Some of them are obvious and some not so obvious. Some I think may be quite a shock to some of us. But before we get there, just a few little things I want to say to you. I'm just hoping, first of all, that what I share will be helpful to you. Um, 
it'll be helpful to you in your praising, in your prayer, if you're a leader, in your preparation for messages and your preaching of your preparation of your messages, and also in your pastoring. I'm hoping it'll change your life. Uh, that it'll, if you're already in some of these things, that God will just lift you into a higher realm of, of living this way, praising and praying, preparing and preaching, prophesying, pastoring or caring for people, whatever the case may be. So I'll give you some of the headings, but before I do that, some I will just, can I just say this, some, some of the headings I'll just combine together because they fit together, obviously, and others I'll just share a little more individually. I don't know that I can cover all 30, uh, 35 of them, but we'll just see how we go. Remember this before we even start. He is a generous father. If we don't get that into our hearts, that this God who was willing to pay the price and give us Jesus, his son, Jesus, who was rich, became poor for our sakes, who died that we may live, was cursed that we may be blessed. Something of the generosity of God has to grip our hearts. If we don't grasp that God is generous and that what we deserve, the wages of sin is death, but the gifts of God or the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. What we don't deserve, gift, which we cannot ever earn. You know that. But I know the devil comes at us and he attacks us, he robs us. He's there to steal, to kill, to destroy. So I'm hoping today that you'll remember and God can refocus your heart and mind on the fact that he is a generous God. Now, before I can get to those 35 points, two things I want to point out. One is that, and I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles with me to 1, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. This seems to have somehow got lost in, uh, in, in the preaching and in the proclamation of the gospel in so many churches. But I was, I've been reading this in my quiet time. I read it this morning again, the parts of this in 1 Timothy chapter. I've been reading through uh, 1 Timothy in the mornings again, just having a look at it. And I want to ask you to turn with me to, to 1 Timothy and to chapter th 4. And I want to read four verses there of something that I think has somehow got a little lost somewhere in, in the whole equation of our ministry. And it says this, 1 Ch uh, Timothy chapter 4. And picking up in verse 13, Paul writes this to this young apostolic leader, this man who trains uh, pastors, who helps pastors, who ordains pastors, and who helps to set churches in, uh, uh, in order. He says this to them, to him, until I come, now listen to this and listen, watch the order here. Until I come, Paul says this, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. The order, number one. Devote yourself to what? The public reading of Scripture. Number two. To preaching in that order. Public reading of Scripture. Preaching. Devote yourself to preaching and devote yourself to teaching. Do not neglect your gift which was given you through the prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. And then he goes on, he says, be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. <clears throat> Watch your life and your doctrine closely. 
what's your life, the way you live, and your doctrine, what you believe, what how you share it, what persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And then I just want to quickly touch just two two verses or three verses in the second Timothy, and that's in chapter three. Second Timothy chapter 3, and picking up in verse 15, because he tells us now, he says, Devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching, to teaching. And then he said, tells us why. Because he says this in verse, uh, in verse 15. He says, and talking about Timothy's growing up, he says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. And what does he say about them? Which are able to make you wise for salvation. Through faith in Christ Jesus. And I love this. He says, all scripture from Genesis chapter 1 right through to the book of Revelation, the last chapter, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, somewhere, public reading of scripture has been shifted and dropped down and it's kind of praising and and prayer or uh, preaching. All of these supersede somehow, even in our messages and our meetings, and the scriptures are just kind of diminishing. So few people even read scripture anymore, and if they do, it's just a small little snippet or a half of a verse. And so with that in mind, I just want to ask you if you would just change your life right now and start to read some of these scriptures with me before I get to giving you those 35 plus or minus 35 points of the good gifts that God has given to us that I really do believe will change your prayer life, your praise life, your preparation, your preaching, your pastoring, whatever the case may be. It'll change you and, and make you more stable and I hope it'll keep you passionate for God in everything that you do. So let's just go back and have a look at James chapter 1 and the 17th verse. Talking about the generosity of God. I want this to get into our hearts before we look at these 35 plus points. That if these will just be principles if you don't understand the truth that God is generous. So we're going to read a few of these scriptures, and I may have to skip some and let, ask you to read them yourself. But I'm asking you to meditate upon them too. Uh, not only just to listen to me re read them, open your own Bibles, make a note of this, and then go back and have a look at them for yourself. So in James chapter 1 and verse 17, God says this, talking about his generosity, he says this, Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Every good and perfect gift. How much more shall your heavenly Father give good gifts to them that ask? Every good and perfect gift is, is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, the Bible again, the word of truth, Jesus, that we might be a kind of firstfruits of all he has created. And then if you'll just go back to James chapter 1, and look at uh, verse 5, where he says this. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously 
to all without finding fault. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. And so it goes on. So God gives generously. He gives us wisdom. He gives his good gifts. Every good and every perfect gift, they all come down from above, from the Father of lights, in whom there is no variables, neither shadow of change. And then if you go to Matthew chapter 6, and you know that 33rd verse, where he says, talking about food, clothing, housing, whatever the case may be, he says that if you seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added to you. So God is a generous God. He just says, put me first and I'll give you everything you need. You'll never be in need. And if we would just read quickly, uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm having to take a bit of time turning to some of these scriptures. But in Ephesians chapter 1, if you'll just turn there with me quickly, Ephesians 1 and pick up in uh, verse 3, first of all, and then we'll go to verse 7. It says this, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, listen to this, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us in Christ before the foundation, so it goes, a creation of the world. So, again, the generosity of God. And then if you just, while you're in the, the, the book of Ephesians, go to the seventh verse and, and read with me, please. It says, In Him, Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the, listen to this, riches of God's grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And you could read a little bit more of that, but we'll move on quickly. We go to 1, uh, 1 Timothy and uh, chapter 6 now, if you would please. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And Paul says this in chapter 6. Um, the 17th verse. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to be put their hope in their wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, now listen, who richly provides us with everything, and I love this little part, for our enjoyment. God provides things for us to enjoy. He's not a stingy God. He says, look, you, you bless me, and you see how I bless you and how blessed you can be. So these are some of the scriptures. Quickly, if we're just reading a couple more. Second uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter uh, 8, first of all. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And it says this in verse 9. It's talking about the generosity that God's encouraging us to generosity. But he says in verse 9, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why? So that through his poverty, you might become rich. God wants to just pour out riches of blessing upon us, spiritual, material, physical, emotional, just marital, relational at every level. God wants to pour his riches upon us his blessings upon us and then if you look at the chapter 9 of that second corinthians and we pick up in verse 8 again 
It says this in verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you know, need, you will abound, abound in, good, in every good work. And you could read on a little of those scriptures. I wish we could read some of the others that I've got here. Psalm 37, verse 4. Have a look at it for us. I'm asking you, be serious about this. Psalm 37, verse 4. Read it. Meditate upon it. Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6. Read it for yourself. Also, Psalm 104, verses 10 through to 18. Just amazing blessings that God has generously poured upon us. In James chapter 1, verse 5, as we read earlier on, he gives us wisdom. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, that well-known scripture, My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory, now, in, by, and through Jesus Christ. Um, uh, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, have a look at that and, and ponder it for yourself. John 10, 10, the thief has come to steal, to kill, to destroy, but I am come that you might have life, how? abundant life abundance and so we could go all of these scriptures uh, tell us of the wonderful generosity of God there's so many more we don't have time to look up but look them up for yourself look for some of them in the scriptures so now what I'm going to share with you now these 35 plus points most of them are found in Col the book of Colossians and if you would just, I'll, I'll give you some of the scriptures as we go along, but you'll find them scattered throughout the Bible. But so many of them are in the book of Colossians, 1, 2, 3, etc., 4, 5. Read them for yourself. What's the first of these good and precious gifts? Well, it's an obvious one, or an obvious three, really, because I put them down as this. God has given us the persons There'll be a lot of peace here. And I, I don't use uh, all these alliterations uh, just to be funny. I, I, I use them because it, I believe it's helpful to memorize and for us to recall into the future. So uh, there'll be a lot of peace here. The persons... Well, there are three persons that God has given to us that are very, very essential in our lives. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The person Jesus, our precious Lord and Saviour. The person of the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit. Uh, our Helper, the Advocate, the one who's present with us. Isn't it amazing that He's present with us individually, personally? And that he's also present with us. And very few churches preach on this. But, you know, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in, the, in my name, there am I in the midst. The presence of believers, God's presence through them. When we go to a meeting in church, we should know God is present there. God is present through the church. So it's the person of Jesus, the Paracletus, the Holy Spirit, and then the parent, God the Father, our loving Heavenly Father. And we're going to look at some of those. And then the second of the P's is the promises of God. The promises of God. The third 
is that God's given us peace, peace with and the peace of God, peace with God and the peace of God. You'll see that in Colossians 1, chapter, chapter verses 2 and verse 20. And then there's pardon, forgiveness. Colossians chapter 1, verse 14 and chapter 2, verse 13, just as some scriptures. And then there's power. God's given us power, authority, victory. Uh, Colossians 1, 11, 13 and 29. Then he's given us protection. Colossians 2, 15, Psalm 144, Ephesians 6, Psalm 91. You can, and then he's given us provision. I want to preach on some of these and some we'll lump together and others we might have to just not get a chance to do. But there's protection. Then there's provision. God has provided for all our needs. And then he's, there's his purposes. And I think that the church needs to discover, rediscover some of the purposes of God uh, for our lives. Uh, also, his plans. He has purposes, but he also has plans. You know Isaiah 55 and, and some of those other wonderful scriptures, the plans that I have for you are plans for good, to give you hope, a future expected in, to prosper you, not to harm you, etc. And then there are privileges. Colossians 1, 12 and 13. And then he's given us mouths so we can praise and we can pray and we can prophesy. And for those of us who are we, that are in ministry to preach, we can preach. He's, he's also made us partners with God and with each other. I'm, I'm skipping some of the Colossian references now, but we'll come back to them when we cover these. He's given us principles to live by eternal principles that grant us and guarantee us life abundance and blessings and victory and fruitfulness and effectiveness and then he's allowed us to participate in in the great plans he has for us and the great commission have a look at colossians 1 12 as well then he's given us one of the gifts that god has given to us is that he prepares goes ahead before us he goes Preparing the way for us. Colossians 3.11. We'll come back to that. And then that we make progress. We don't stay the same. We progress. We get ongoing, ongoingly, growingly. And then there's productivity or fruitfulness and effectiveness. Colossians 1.10 uh, and, and 1.6. And then he's allowed us to be partakers. Partakers of his divine nature. And, and so many other things that we'll have a look at possibly. And then he's given us the gift of priesthood. That we... His priests, every saved, born-again believer is a priest with him. And predestination, that he's chosen us, predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Good works. And so we'll have a look at some of that in the future too. And then this is one that I think that most Christians and most preachers never preach on, that God himself is our portion. We're going to have a look. What does that mean, that God is our portion? Then he gives us prosperity, and by that I mean success. He gives us protection, uh, maturity, and the fulfilling of our perfection, I should say, not protection, perfection. In other words, maturing and fulfilling our purpose, teleos, fulfilling the purpose for which we are created. Have a look at Colossians 1.28, and we'll look at others. Then he's given a pattern to us on how to live. Jesus' life as the pattern. And Paul was able to say in 1 Corinthians, I think, 11.1, 1, he says, Follow me even as I follow Christ. Christ is my pattern. I want to be your pattern as, as Jesus is your pattern. And then he's given us pleasure. 
Why, pleasures. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Colossians 1.10 also, chapter 3, verse 6. He's given us the possibility of being pure. It's a gift to be pure. Colossians 1.22, 3.13. He's given us passion. These are gifts from God. Love. Colossians 1.4, 8. He's given us patience. He's teaching us. These are all gifts from God, teaching us to be patient. This is one that God constantly has to be working into my life. Patience, Colossians 1.11. Then he's given us a place in heaven. Colossians 1.5. We're just about there, folk. He's given us the prize. Paul talks about the prize of the high calling of God. There's a prize to be, and you can read that for yourself, but also have a look at Colossians 2.18. And then he has planted us where we stand firm upon the rock, our feet planted on the rock, steadfast, the immovable, the unshakable kingdom of God. Uh, all of that foundation, of course, is Jesus. Have a look at Colossians 3, 8 for yourself. But he's also, I love this, and I've preached on this, and I hope you've listened to that from Psalm 92, verses 12 through to 15, that we're like cedars planted in the house of the Lord. He's planted us in the house of the Lord. We've got a place where we stand strong, where we belong, rooted in Him. Like that Psalm 1, planted, the roots going down into the river, fruitful. And then He's another gift. He's given us potential, the potential in every single human being. Oh, the potential in you that are listening to me. You haven't got a clue. Really, I haven't got a clue. None of us. What God has potentially for us all stored up in our hearts if we'll respond to him and then we don't like this one but it's something that god's given to us and it's called persecution colossians 3 4 you know persecution is a gift from god in a sense to help us to grow and develop in our faith the trial of your faith being more precious than silver than gold etc. So all of these things are things we want to look at. Now look at, uh, at how long I've taken, 26 minutes here. So I'll have to close off. Will you stick with me? Come back for the next sessions and have a look at what God has given to you for you to be able to praise, pray, prophesy, preach, prepare and be your best in looking after and caring for God's people. So, Father, hear my prayer as I link my prayers with the hearts of those listening and ask you to give us all, everyone listening, and your church, all these good gifts without measure. Just pour them on, constantly, ongoingly pouring them into our lives and into our lives, yes, but through our lives to others as well. And then we may all one day stand before you and give you all the honor and the glory that's due your name. We ask it all in the precious and wonderful name of Jesus. God bless you. Amen.